Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another fantastic episode here on Bases Loaded on IE Sports Radio. Here with my boys Blake and Chris, ready to talk another exciting week of baseball as we had a first happen in baseball today with the whole new... It's not a new rule, just a new enforcement of a rule. Um, so we had some interesting outcomes of it throughout the week. Some players were not happy with it. Some of them just took it as it was. So we're going to go over those here later. We're going to talk about some of the teams that are playing their best baseball right now. There's a lot of teams that are have not have been playing very good baseball lately, so we'll talk about that. But how's it going, fellas? You know, man, it's it's going good. We just we just finished a lovely homestand here in San Diego, nine and one. Swept the swept the hated Dodgers. Uh, it's uh it's going good here. Beautiful day, and uh, yeah, just getting ready for this All Star game, the All Star break, and the uh, the push to October. It's going good here too. I mean, coming off on an eleven game win streak. You know, like I told you guys when we were waiting, Astros have finally found their itch. Just don't throw the bullpen out there. Win the games, you know. Have your starters go six, seven innings, sixteen wins out of the last twenty. You know, we've gone through the the hardest part of the schedule, and like Chris said, you know, we're playing our best baseball right now. So it's going to be interesting the rest of the stretch because everything for the Astros the rest of the year is kind of downhill when it comes to the talent side of their schedule. So it's going to be really interesting. You know, All Star breaks coming up. Trade deadline's coming up. It's going to get really interesting because, you know, a lot of these teams that are up at the top of the division, some of them didn't expect, you know, when you have teams like Washington that have found the new breath and things like that that are that, that are looming around. So I really think that the trade deadline is going to be very, very interesting this season. Yeah, uh, just come to the – just pick all our players here in uh, Phoenix and you're good because we are playing like shit. We finally snapped a 24-game losing streak. We went 62 days in between road wins. We won on the road for the first time last night since April 25th. So literally two months in between road wins. Like, it was so frustrating to watch. And, like, the thing is, the bullpen, our bullpen is straight trash. It's so... It's so that bad. was one thing I was going to ask you. Is is this like the worst bullpen you've ever seen in baseball? Because it's like it's up there for me. Like it's bad. Like it. <laughs> the yeah. It's I don't know what Tori's doing. Like he'll leave guys in like way too long. Like the, like this. It happened today with Matt uh, Peacock. He gives up like four straight hits and he lets him finish the inning. I'm sorry if you give up like when you're up by one and you. And the game gets tied at least. Take him out. What are you doing? Like, I think he trusts these guys too much. Like, he wants them to work out of it. Or the fact is that their record is so bad, there's no way they're making the playoffs. So, like, why even try and go for a win? It's like he's okay with his losing culture. I don't know. Yeah, I think I I I saw it took the Padres eight eight pitches that half inning to take the lead. (laughs) Yeah. And the only reason that they took the lead was on a Tatis error. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, that was just, I don't know what he was doing there. The play was at home anyways. He throws a second, misses Cronenworth by a mile. And uh, I mean, he made up for it in the bottom half of the inning. But yeah, just yeah. Uh, 
just just more struggles in the outfit in, in the in the position uh for Tatis that I hope just continues to work itself out but it's like we were talking off the air I know he decided not to play in the all-star game he's uh he even was quoted as saying his shoulder is probably at 75 percent right now so I know he's still working through things right yeah, now he but... has a three homer game on Friday with a 75 percent sh- what would he have done with a hundred percent five homers Kid's just amazing. I mean, he's just he's just one of those special characters where if, if he's feeling it, he's gonna hit the ball. It doesn't matter how he feels body wise. He's he just does amazing things on a baseball field and it's why he's must see. The one thing I, I love and it's happening more and more, especially with the park being full and everyone being at Petco, every time he comes up to play, you you look and you look in the stands, it's like you're at a golf event. Everybody's just got their phone out, just holding it, just just waiting to catch something special. And it's 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 the magic he brings to the ballpark. He is truly amazing to watch. But he's not the only player right now that is on fire. Shehei Otani hit a home run today in Tampa that I'm like, what the hell? He hit the catwalk. Yeah, the the, the opposite field power he swung on that one was just absolutely unreal. Like I I went back and watched it and was like, oh, I had to go back and watch it again to see how much how much muscle he had to pull that off Otaka. And uh, yeah, man, he's just he's a special player right now too. And I'm really excited to watch him hit the home run derby. Oh my god, yeah. he's gonna hit some just brutal home. I I, I really wish we could have gotten like a Tatis, Guerrera, Acuna, and Otani in the home run derby. But you can understand why some of these players, if they're not 100%, hitting in a home run derby, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. So I can understand why, if they're not 100%, why they may not want to play. Uh, <clears throat> just, in, in terms of a fan and entertainment perspective, those four would be very exciting to watch. Right. Yeah. I want to give out a, a, sh- a shout-out to another guy that's not as, as, I guess you would say, sexy right now, but that's been on a tail to on a terror lately too is Kyle Schwarber for the Nationals. I saw yeah. a graphic earlier today that he's got 13 home runs this month. Guys completely come out of nowhere. And I mean, you look at him on the list, he's number four on the home run list right now at 22. And like I said earlier, you know, we all know what I said about Washington at the beginning of the year. Said that they were probably going to be bottom feeders, you know, and what at one point we were like, okay, where's Max Scherzer going to get traded to at the, at the, what, two months ago on this podcast? And then all exactly. of a sudden the Max have life. You know what I mean? Not only they have life, but, you know, Strasburg still on the IL. You know what I mean? So what's going to happen when, when he comes back? So that's going to be a really uh, interesting race right there because, I mean, we said it last week. I think Chris said nailed it on the head. You know, Atlanta, you know, feels like they're cursed. I don't remember if you said it on the podcast or in the chat that we had. No, I, I said that in the chat when uh, Soroka it, it tore his ACL again you know? in the dugout. You know what I mean? It's true. And I kind of feel like, you know, we, we, we kind of – have also what we said about the Mets, even though they're hanging in there, but at the same time, dude, this Nats team has life, you know what I mean? And the one thing that you don't want to give life to is a a team that you've written off. Cause I mean, anybody in Washington, you know, they're always forever going to bring up 19 and 31. You know what I mean? It pains me to say that obviously, since they beat my Astros, you know, to win the world series, but forever that whole fan base, as long as, those people that have seen the World Series will be alive. They're never going to count their team out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you think about it, they're 19 and 31 before they did their turnaround. You know, to to make the comeback to win the World Series that year. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in that division, especially with the team that can get hot like the Phillies. Because let's face it, there is a lot of baseball left. So anything can happen at this point. So it's going to be really cool to see what the finishes will be like and what we're saying come September. 
Yeah, and I think one thing that's very interesting about the National League right now is, is you look at the NL East, you look at the NL Central. There, there's, there's a couple teams that are that are close, and you've mm-hmm. got to look at it as a point the way that the way the Giants just continue to not lose, and you've got the Padres and Dodgers in the NLS. Like, you, the division is basically your only way in in the NL Central and the NL East as it's looking right now. So that's just another factor you look at. You can't rely on that wild card spot. You have to go out there to win the division. Yeah, because once you yeah. start looking at the wild card spot, I mean, man, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I mean, just like you said, San Francisco, the Dodgers, San Diego, but you still have Milwaukee and Chicago going back and forth in the Central, and then like we said, you know, the Mets, Washington, Atlanta, and Philly. It's going to be really interesting because I mean, let's face it, the American League kind of, I feel like it has switched. Like five years ago, it was kind of like anybody in the American League could win it, and the National League, you kind of have like three or four teams that you knew were going to make the playoffs. Now it's the complete opposite. You have your American League teams that you're like, okay, there's really three or four teams that are yeah. really, really strong competitors in, in that. But once you kind of look at the NL, I mean, Chris, you nailed it. Like it, you, out, of, out of those eight teams that we just rattled off, like I, I could see any of those teams getting hot the, the second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, um, the the NL wildcard, I think, is pretty much wrapped up at this point. It's going to be a combination of Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. Whoever doesn't win the uh, division, whoever is second and third there, is probably going to be the wildcard because the next closest team uh, is the Cubs, and they're four games back in the wildcard. Right. <laughs> so, well, granted, anybody can get hot. There's a lot of baseball to be played, you know, because, I mean – you know, as much as we kind of look at them just being at 500 too, you know, it, it would take a lot. But, I mean, even a team as, as as hot as Cincinnati, you know, they've been hot lately too. I know I know they've been plagued, you know, with, with pitching injuries. And you got Luis Castillo that just has not looked at his, like itself lately this year. But it's a more uh, – we've talked about this, about a lot of pitchers in this day and age. It's more of a between-the-ears issue right there with him yeah. more than a mechanical issue. Um, but, dude, there's just – there's so much talent in the NL, which is crazy to think that it's kind of just completely switched over from what it was five years ago with the American League. Yeah. Well, and the Reds are an interesting team because they, they were in town last week and I got to go see them on the Thursday and Saturday and they were one of the hottest teams in baseball coming in. And now all sure. of a sudden they're a 500 team. It's like one week later. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely peaks and valleys in a baseball season. And it's like, you can go on a tear one week and, and change the entire dynamic of your season at this point. For sure. Um, another hot team though is Blake's Houston Astros. They're just they're scoring so many goddamn runs. <laughs> their, their run yeah. differential is 142. 142 more runs than the teams that they played. That's insane. And that's 42 yeah. more than the next closest. And that that's even more insane. <laughs> and what's crazy to think about it too is in, during that hot streak of 11 games, we didn't have Alex Bregman. And Kyle Tucker, if you guys didn't realize, he had a stomach bug that he was so sick uh, that he lost 11 pounds and was on an IV for four days straight. So after he got over the bug, they literally worked him back up from a whole week before he came back. So of that 11-game winning streak, he only played two two of those games. And, of course, Bregman was out the whole time, too. Bullpen has finally settled down. You know, we kind of got a rhythm going on. We have our starting pitcher 
pitchers going more than four or five innings, you know, which has been great because we know how atrocious the bullpen has been. Uh, but, you know, we have signs of life. I mean, you know, Jake Orderizzi, you know, we signed this guy for two years thinking that we could come in and fix him. And um, huge question mark coming in. We worked out some of the mechanical issues. He's pitched nine innings the last two times that he's been out combined and has not has yet to give up a run. So I'm kind of hopeful that we can start to mimic what Chris's team has saved them all season long and have that six man to throw in a rotation because that's been great for us. We've had a 16 game stretch this year or for this week. I think our first game off is this next Thursday. So that's been really, really helpful for us. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, they're seeing the ball. Uh, Altuve, Alvarez, Correa has been on a tear. You know, he's really, really making a push for that big contract coming the off season, but we have guys just hitting the ball in, um, you know, everybody too. We got some of our younger guys, a guy that I've ridiculed all year long and Miles Straw has finally decided that he's going to wake up and start playing baseball, uh, both in the field and outfield. And we have a guy like Chaz McCormick. That's a rookie that already has six home runs, you know, and this team's clicking, you know, we're gelling. And it's, I think the, the whole rally point is just, you know, obviously going on the road, you know, because we've been playing our best baseball once we hear the booze when we come into the visiting stadium. And I think that's one of the things that this team's really rallying on, believe it or not. Yeah, and it's the other thing is, like, I, I know it's a fan vote, but, I mean, you've got seven guys in the top three finals, finalists for the All-Star sure. for the All-Star voting right now. Like, that's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to win on the road. And like you said, like, there, it's not like you're coming to friendly places when you guys go to play right now. You you are still considered the the, the villain in all of baseball. So it's like they're having it. to wear it. And, and they're Exactly. I mean, you know, it seems like they've embraced it and they're rolling with it. Well, what's really going to be cool about it, too, is once you think about it, think about the hostility that they played through all year long. Once we walk into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's going to be so battle-tested when it comes to playoffs. But, yes, yeah, just like you said, I mean, you know, they're going to get booed. This team's going to get booed for the next five years just because it is what it is. I mean, it's kind of like the whole Barry Bonds thing. Man was booed until he retired, basically, anytime he was on the road. These guys are going to get booed doesn't matter but just like you said the all-star voting got Altuve, Alvarez, uh, Uli, uh, who else was there? Bregman, Correa and then the one that I was really really proud of was obviously Michael Brantley but finally Maltin Maldonado our catcher yeah. got love for his defense and I really really hope Maldi makes it because that guy right there has not only been clutch behind the plate but he has been a very very good leader for the locker room through all this so i'm really really happy for not only those guys that have gotten voted in but the guys that actually truly deserve it this year yeah i'm just taking a look at the uh finalists here um a lot of these like the one that i'm surprised marcus simeon is first place there yeah i thought his i thought his career was done I thought he was done. I didn't think he was going to do anything this year. Um, again, it's fans voting, so take that what you will. So it's not necessarily correct. Um, well, I mean, but, it's it's not the it's not the best players. It, 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 it's a factor, but it's also whose fan base is out there voting the most and who's doing the best thing. And honestly, like I've been thinking about it, and I'm actually good with my guys not being there because they don't need to be managed by Dave Roberts, and they can also use an off day. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Real I quick, love I, I love how Mike Trout, by the way, is first for AL outfielders. 
Hasn't played since mid-May. He hasn't played since mid-May, but everyone wants to see him in the All-Star game. I don't even know if he's going to be... All I'll say is shouts to Yao Ming for that one. (laughs) Well, real quick, too, I wanted to kind of backtrack, too, because we were talking about the the Giants, you know, when we were talking about schedule and how hard the schedule's coming up for them. So after tonight, okay, they play the Dodgers two games. Then they have a four-game series against Arizona. And then in the month of... In the month of July, in the month of July, they play the Cardinals, who've been pretty hot lately. Yeah. They go play them. They play the Nationals, that have been pretty hot lately. Then listen to this stretch: they play St. Louis, the Dodgers on a four-game series. That'll be huge. Then they, then they play Pittsburgh for a weekend series, which, meh. But then listen to this: the last part of July, they play the Dodgers three games. And then they roll into the weekend and play the Astros for a three-game series as well, too. So the month of July, we're saying it right here, right now, Giant fans, this is the month to prove to us if you're legit or not, basically. Because, I mean, that right there is going to be the – that's going to be the toughest road right there if if you're a San Francisco Giants fan. And whether you come out hot or cold out of that, that's really going to be, okay, If this, it's time to put up or shut up and see if this team's real for this month. Yeah, and it's like it's like I think August first we're gonna get a, a true answer of what this team is, and I well, mean that even as well too. Exactly, you look at September too, and I mean they they they've got they've got Milwaukee, they've got the Dodgers, they've got the Cubs, they've got ten against the Padres, they've got the Braves, who I mean could be good at that point. We don't know. I mean they're such an up and down team, but I mean yeah, they're they're definitely going to be tested later in the season, and that that's kind of how the schedule worked out the entire way. It seems like when you look at what's happened in the NL West, the the Dodgers have been lights out against teams like the the Marlins, the Pirates, and all that, and they've been sub five hundred against the rest of the teams. It's like the Giants have played well, but they've only played thirty games, so it's like for this sure. is going to be the for test sure. for a lot of them, and for the Padres as well. Like the, we're going into that stretch that the, those guys have, that have had recently, so it's like we're going into a stretch where we're playing a lot of teams that are sub five hundred. So it's like right. you can see a lot of shift in that division. So it's going to be very interesting to see where all these teams stand August first. What I love, too, is when you look at it, too, it's kind of like the Astros. I kind of feel, even with us being a hot streak, kind of feel like, you know, Oakland's going to hang around. Oakland's a good team. The pitching's clicking there. The bats are awesome. Dude, Matt Olson's like, having a stellar year, you know, for for the A's. But what I like to see is how the end of the schedule – it's almost like they're doing, like, what the NFL does. They're scheduling division opponents for that last month. I don't know what that was. But anyway, uh, the so the Astros play Oakland the last series, which I was like, dude, that's cool. Because, I mean, who knows what could happen? You know, that could be a dis- uh, division-like series right there going into the playoffs. But once you look at the Giants' schedule, too, I mean, look at this. You know, their last series is against San Diego. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of hopeful that, you know – Maybe you get that extra week of like this could make or break or shift basically what the what the seeding is going to look like in the playoffs because I kind of feel like by that week we already know what seeds going to be what and stuff like that because it's kind of like the MLB has always just kind of thrown some some garbage games at the end that way people can rest and things like that. 
Well, and what also the last thing I'll say about the Giants is one thing that keeps popping up when when people talk about this team is there, there's a lot of reminiscence to 2010, and it's it's that Giants team in 2010 that didn't really have many big names at the time. They had a young, they had a young Posey, they had young guys, but they just happened to keep winning, and they got in. and And how did they get in? It was the very last day of the season in 2010. I remember because I flew up to San Francisco and I was there, and they beat the Padres, who they were tied with at the time. So all I hope is that we're able to give them a little revenge 11 years later. <laughs> That's awesome. That is true. So the other major story this week is starting on Monday, MLB came out with this new enforcement of sticky or banned substances. So uh, the way that it works is a starter, I think gets checked twice or three times. And then when a reliever comes into the game, they are checked at, at at the end of the inning. There, most of the players were, they were fine with the checks there. With the basically, they checked the hat, they checked the glove, and then they checked the belt. There were a couple of players that didn't. Uh, how do I phrase this? Weren't the most cooperative. The two that come off the top of my head is uh sergio romo and max scherzer um sergio romo just literally undoes his belt and drops his pants i'm like okay that's a little much that's what i was waiting for that's what i was waiting for i knew somebody was going to do it at some point um so but we had a first today um hector santiago of the seattle mariners was ejected for having a banned substance um, which the way that it works is if, if you're ejected, you're out 10 games and the team can, cannot f- fill up that roster spot. So yeah. they basically went from 26 players to 25. So they can't fill that. They can't find another player to fill that player's uh, actual spot. So I think he was a starter. So they would have to move someone else to bring up another starter. So either take a player off their bench or take another uh, reliever for another starter for 10 games. Yeah. That's a it's, long it's, time. It's, it's interesting because I, I was reading up on it before we came on. And he was in his third inning of work, and it was the first time they checked him. What they're saying is they felt some sticky stuff on the inside of the glove. And Santiago was interviewed after the game and said he, all it was was rosin. He's like, I've been using it to try to keep the sweat from dripping down my eyes. So – I'm very intrigued on what happens with this because you know they take the glove, they they send it off to CSI MLB or wherever they send it, and uh, they're going to look at it. But uh, I mean, dude is still claiming innocence, so it's like I'm very intrigued. Like, what if it was just rosin in there, and you know, it's like it wasn't a substance. But yeah, I mean, they felt sticky stuff on the inside of the glove, and that that's all it took. Yeah, basically, the uh, the, the the umpires are judge, jury, and executioner. They don't need that much proof. If if they feel like it's a sticky substance, they can eject you from the game, and you can't challenge it. There's there's nothing the teams or players can do. Well, the um, whole thing that I kind of saw back backing up to the whole, you know, checks. You know, we expect that out of Matt. Matt Max, okay? Like, I expected that out of him. You know, it's kind of funny. And the whole Joe Girardi thing, I thought that was, I thought that was entertainment. All these people oh, yeah. are like, oh, it's ruining the game. Is it? Because it's really not. I mean, you, you guys have given this much over that that long of a period to where we're actually altering the game. You know what I mean? And, and we're having grown men throw hissy fits 
that uh, that are playing a, a, a children's game earning millions of dollars you know what i mean and you guys saw what i said on, on on the text line you know sergio romero should be happy that he's getting checked i mean the guy is a journeyman you know let's face it so if he's pitching that good enough to where the guy's gonna go hey let me check you you should be like oh okay yeah you can check me you know what i mean but yeah the, the whole seattle thing man you you really really hope that the, that the umpires got it right because I, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, in, with the umpire to be bold enough to make that decision in the moment, you have to kind of know the difference between what's the rosin and the sweat and the rosin, you know, sunblock that we've heard of and stuff like that all this week compared to actually a sticky substance. You know what I mean? Because the, the, the umpires know this and they've known this for quite some time. Okay. The, the, the umpire standing on the back of uh, of second base, seeing seeing Kershaw for the past five years touch the back of his hat and being like, "What's all that brown stuff on the back of his hat?" They 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 kind of know what's going on, okay? Not only that, but with foul balls and them touching the ball and stuff like that there in the game, they have to know the difference by now. So, I what I'm trying to get to is I kind of hope that it is a bust. But at the same time, I'm kind of conflicted because why would a player be bold enough to do something yeah. like this right here, right now, when 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 there's so much heat on this, you know? Yeah. So for him to be that bold to be like, oh, I can get away with it, and I'm just going to put it up here, you know, like up here. Because they were filling all the way up, I feel like, where the, like, the fingers were and stuff like that. So, A, I want to know what set them off to check all the way up there and B, I kind of would like to find some like highlights to see what he was doing. If he was taking his whole glove off in between like the throw around or if the ball was in play or something like that. But you, you hope that the umpires got it right. Cause let's face it. I mean, we, we criticize calls and joke about the whole robot umpires. So if the umpires have, have get this wrong, I, I think it's going to spiral out of control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, if they do get it right, then I think it's got to kind of weigh back more and kind of take some pressure off of all of this that's coming down on the commissioner, whether it's right or wrong. So you kind of hope that if the umpires were bold enough to say that it was a sticky substance and eject him, that they got it right. Well, the uh, the crew chief, Tom Howley, and uh, the, the quote from him was, it was very noticeable. And then the rest of the crew inspected to make sure we were all in agreement. All four agreed that it was a sticky substance, and that's why he was ejected. Okay, so it wasn't just one of them. Like, yeah. He probably yeah. shows like, yeah. do you guys agree? Like, it's yeah, because I, I did see some of the replay, and they, they did kind of huddle around, and it seemed like they did have a discussion about it. So they, they so, all yeah, did what it, So what it is is I think they take turns, whether who's on what side. So I think it's like the first base. I've seen a lot of the first base when they walk to the dugouts if they're home and if they're on third base. But I, I did see the clip that Chris sent earlier and basically they were all huddled around and then the head umpire from behind i don't know if he's the crew chief or not but the main umpire from behind the plate came up and took the glove and and, and touched it and stuff like that so yeah i'm i'm in agreement i don't think this was a, a one guy making a one judgment call it came down to all of the guys that were on the field 
And like you said, yeah. it's going to CSI, so <laughs> they have the glove in their possession, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what they say. All, all I know is um, talking about Romo and Serge there and all the uh, all the antics. I was I was a little bummed because uh, the rumor was that Bauer had a little was was planning on having a little fun when he uh, was going to get checked in San Diego, but uh, he gave up back to back home runs, so he was very sad. So he did not do his little games that he had planned, and you know, it's bummer. Yeah, so great, that's so great. Like it's so poetic justice to see. Bauer's spin rate completely bottom out. Cole's spin rate go down 400 RPMs across the board. That's and to see so both of those amazing. guys, see both of those guys like just completely crap the bed their first starts well, this week. Didn't they? Just, golden, man. Didn't they check Cole today after after he pitched yes, like garbage? They checked him on the way off. The, yeah, because yeah, everybody everybody was tweeting out, "Why are you checking him? He gave up three runs." <laughs> you know what there, I mean? There's been, there's been a lot of that because I know that happened to Diamond, Diamondback starter. I want to say on Friday where he gave up all those runs and they checked him afterwards. And it's like, bro, like he clearly is not using anything. And if he well, is, honestly, like, let him. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I think they're just gonna. It's going to be a across the board thing. It's not going to be a should we check him? Should we check him thing? Because then. You know how, what what it will get down to. It'll just be like, hey, we're not doing our job anymore, basically. You know what I mean? And then people will be bold enough to start using it again. I think we see this, honestly, unless something huge comes out and they get this wrong and say they eject another guy and they get it wrong again. I think we're going to see this through the whole year and obviously in the playoffs as well. Well, and, and I, I truly think the biggest issue about all of this is implementing something like this in the middle of the season. Of course. Like, of course. this is something, like, I, I get, like, they wanted to make a statement, but you can't do something like this in the middle of the season. I mean, you, you we talked about Glass now and whatever, like, what's happened with that, but it's like, you, it's just, this is this is a rule that needs to be implemented at the end of the season, during the off season, so you have time to as umpires, as players, as, as organizations to prepare for it. You can't just do it. They gave the him a week's notice. They gave him a week's notice. Right. It's it's insane. Well, I think with the current situation, too, once you see it, and I mean, I could say it because I've seen it firsthand with the whole, you know, sign stealing and everything like that. We went through that fiasco for three years, and it yeah. was multiple teams. How people have forgotten that it was just an asterisk thing. I mean, we had everything from – Colorado doing it to even the, some of the people were saying that the Diamondbacks were, were yeah. doing it. You know, they said, you know, Chicago was doing it. And then, of course, we all heard that, you know, the Yankees and Red Sox were fine way before the Astros even got brought into the whole situation. You know, that's when Beltron's the one that, you know, was rumored to have taken the system to the Rangers. The Rangers were infected with it as well too. And I know it comes off crazy to people that wait a minute, you mean you could cheat, you could still lose, but it's it's a common thing. So, you know, I kind of I'm conflicted because I see exactly where Chris is coming from and a lot of where these beat writers are saying that the main problem with it is people did it in the middle of the season. But at the same time, I kind of don't have an issue with it because what it has done is has exposed people that have been obviously using this for the past few years and we're seeing two of the pitchers that have had the biggest contracts in MLB history the past two years and Bauer and Garrett Cole completely crap the bed and do a 180 within a, a, a few weeks you know what I mean so I, I get where people are coming from but those people that are have the biggest issues with this have come off as some of the biggest users of the sticky situation you know what i mean 
and I get that it's a storyline and things like that, but at the same time, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do stuff to ins- make the game cleaner and and make it more competitive, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence on both of this. I, and honestly, if you really put a gun to my head and you go, do you think it's a good idea or not? I, I really did not have a problem with them implementing this in the middle of the season because it has exposed a lot and a lot of it's not being talked about, but it's kind of in front of everybody's face right now. Yeah. You can definitely tell that it's not just call and Bauer spin rate. It's just across the board. Everyone's Mm -hmm. spin rates are down a couple hundred um, RPMs with every pitch. For sure. So it's been, we'll see if, I think we'll see a lot of players. I think there'll be some players who think that they're so slick, they're so creative about where they put the sticky substance. I think we'll probably see this quite a bit. We'll see a lot of players. And then I think once we they see a lot of players doing it, I think a lot of other players will then... Because I think there's still some players that probably are still doing it um, because they think they're so slick that they're not going to get caught um, until they get caught. Um, I'm just curious as to... Who's me the first big name? Because let's be honest, Hector Santiago, not a big name. Like, when are we gonna see like a player of like a like? Can you imagine if Cole or Bauer gets caught? Like, how crazy that's gonna be if that happens? For sure. And you know, I think what we what we will see is I don't think I think starting pitchers are gonna be so scared for a while, but when the stakes are gonna be high, whether it's division, whether it's playoffs. It's going to be really interesting to see how aggressively they're going to be checking this stuff. But, you know, I, I think it, as weird as it sounds in the scenarios that come about, I think it's going to be a lot easier for these relief pitchers to try and roll the dice and things like that. Because you think about it, they're going to be out in the bullpen and stuff, you know. Not all the eyes are going to be on them as a starting pitcher and things like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see who's the next person, if there is going to be a next person that gets popped, when and where. Oh yeah, and I, I, I truly think I think I think there's gonna be a hold off right now, but I think it's gonna be mid August, late August when these guys think, Okay, you know, I can start reintroducing this stuff in here. It's been fine for a while. And I, I think especially going into those heated playoff races, that that's when guys are gonna risk those the, those opportunities. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see who's pop next and, and when it happens. Well the cool thing about it too is we have uh we have a stat analytic too that's going along with this. I mean we have if you guys haven't followed it, I can't remember it off the top of my head, the handle, but it shows people on their rates and how their rates have gone down, how they've gone up and things like that. So once you start thinking about it, that's another thing that you can put into the equation. Are these guys not only going to be bold enough to try this? And if they do, are they going to be bold enough to defend? Hey man, you're like your spin rate RPM was up 300 compared to your last six starts. Can you answer that? And I mean, let's let's face it; they're going to do this because they've done this before. The whole the whole rule was in put in place on Monday too. You know, I mean, Garrett Cole's been asked that by the New York media for the past three months on what how he can explain his spin rate. You know what I mean? So I think that's a slippery slope too, as well as not only are they going to be bold enough to use it, but are they going to only use it in high pressure situations? Because, you know, the data is not going to lie across the board if they try to use it for multiple innings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I have noticed that when a pitcher comes in in a save situation, 
they check him at the beginning of the inning. Yeah, they check him when he comes in. I didn't. I haven't realized yes. that. That's crazy. Okay. So I was actually listening to one of the local stations here. They were they were talking to Melanson on the field, and they asked him about that because that is one thing. They're like, "How is that messing with your like warm up? Because now you're running out of the field instead of like that closer mentality and being hyped. They're stopping you to check." And he's like, "You know, you just adjust. It is what it is." But I can definitely see some of those those fiery like closers when you've got your music and you're hyped and the crowd's hyped and you come in and you're ready to throw and then you got to sit there and hand your glove over i can i can see that little tweak because it doesn't do any good to check him at the end of the game the game's over at that point so so that's why they check in a safe situation they check them before so uh yeah i was wasn't sure what what game i was watching but they did bring that up so it was a very interesting point i was like yeah it makes sense to do it that way so uh any other thing you guys want to talk about I was going to say, uh, if you can, if you can find them, you should pull up those uh, beautiful all-star game jerseys that Major League Baseball decided to create on some sort of like Photoshop app that uh, the teams are actually wearing this year. Like, I saw the story this I week. And I was, <laughs> when I saw these, I was like, dude, I had better all-star jerseys in Little League than these. You know what I mean? And not only that, but what Nike Nike's trying to sell them for four hundred dollars a pop on there, and like they literally had the audacity to put these are almost gone on some of the players. <sighs> it's insane. I mean, when I saw the hats, I'm like, you know that the hats I can live with. The hats are cool, like you know it's, it's basic, but like those jerseys, like I don't, I I, I just don't know what they are thinking, and it's clear that they're not sure. You mean these? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. Like you look at those things, and it's yeah, it's it looks like something that was created in Photoshop. And uh, I I think I think the original design does have a nod to do with Hank Aaron because the game was originally in Atlanta. But uh, and and some of the jerseys he wore, I think in I think it was Boston, the Braves. I, I don't remember exactly or Milwaukee, one of them. But um, come on, man, like you. you if you're gonna move a game out of a city, like at least put some effort into the uniforms. Like it is clear that they made the hats no aren't too bad. In- no, the hats, the hats I can actually tolerate. It's just, the, it's the just jerseys. the jerseys. And <laughs> I, I think the most frustrating thing is we're so accustomed these last few years to actually getting the guys in their home uniforms, and I think that's great. I think that's how it should be. When I saw that they're actually wearing these in the game, uh, that's when I got pissed. If these were just like BP home run derby, you know, like mess around, like walk around jerseys, that's fine. But to wear these in a game, like I don't know, man. I think it's a big miss for Major League Baseball. I wouldn't be surprised if, if from all the fan uh, backlash that they change it. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I mean, I, I feel like at this point they've already committed. You're what two week, two and a half weeks away from the game. I don't think they can really pull back on that because especially yeah, if they sold them, like Nike. it's yeah, like you, you're you're in. Yeah, Nike's not going to pull the plug on that because they've already started the production on that. They would eat that right there, and I don't think MLB is ready to. I don't think MLB is going to cover the cost on anything right now. <laughs> that they'll 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 deal with the mems and everything like that over the the pulling of these. But you know what'll be awesome is you'll be able to find these jerseys probably at Marshalls and stuff like that within eight months. So these look like jerseys you would already buy at like Marshalls or Ross. Like <laughs> they really do, you know? Like oh yeah, they're bad. And you know what's bad too is I thought like of the. I thought the Navy in the American League was better, but now I almost like the white ones now that I've stared at them for this long. <laughs> I mean, like is, a, like is a relative term, but, you know. Like, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but for it's... real, man, I, I'm just – I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And I don't get to, like, why 
the hat i know you guys like the hat but i don't get why the red like i don't i don't get the like i know we're in colorado and i can dig the purple in the white but i don't get where the red came uh, in. i i truly think it's because they never transitioned out of atlanta I'm, I'm with they, you on they, that. they created everything for that and just were like well let's let's just put a purple star behind it let's and call it a day purple in it. <laughs> like i think that's <laughs> really what it was it's unbelievable it's it's, it's it's so crazy that how good the seasons have been the past couple of years, but how much the league has failed to not only expand the game, but little things like this. You know what I mean? And and, and I tell people all the time, you know, you kind of you frown upon uh, – Goodell's always going to be the bad guy in the NFL, yet he has really done a lot to expand the game. And then you got to look over at the NBA and, you know, their commissioner is loved even by the fans over there. Yeah, you know Adam Silver, I mean? yeah, yeah. He's doing, he does just, everything right there. Dude, the MLB, I can't even remember the last time you looked at an MLB commissioner in my lifetime. And you're like, man, he's doing a good – he's doing good things for the sport. You know what I mean? And uh, – I, I was listening. I can't remember who I was listening to. I don't know if it was local radio or a podcast, but they hit it on the head. Look, the MLB is not going to get it right until they get a former player in as the commissioner of baseball. And I don't think I could agree with that any more than 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 anything in any stage of, of any type of sport right now. They're going to need somebody that's the next commissioner to have been a, a player at some point in their career. Well, and it's it's like it, the one thing that's always been something that we've talked about is let the kids have fun. And it's like that's the key to growing the game. And it feels like MLB sure. keeps – and Manfred keeps doing things and putting rules in place to kind of like help slow the game down and make it less watchable. It's like, you know, we enjoy the game. So it's like we for enjoy sure. watching pitching matches. But for the casual fan, like I was talking to someone at my work today and we were talking about baseball and they're just like, dude, games are too long now. And I'm like – Every game when the Padres and Dodgers played was over four hours. Like it's like mm-hmm. you can't have that if you're trying to grow the game. Like you need to <laughs> you need to find ways to make this more entertaining and just just to a casual fan to the young kids. And I think that's one of baseball's biggest problems right now. Dude, you're a hundred percent because even here in Houston, you know, a majority of our stadium is in downtown and Brandon knows this, how hard it is to get in and out of Houston. You know, there's a majority of the time that we don't have day games because there's a bunch of towers down there with a bunch of oil people in it that, that work nine to five, you know? So day games are not accustomed here in Houston. So starting at seven o'clock has always been the norm here. What I'm getting at is this last week being on the East coast and the games coming on at six o'clock. And like you said, Chris, the games being over at nine o'clock here instead of 10 30, 11 o'clock, you know, has been golden for me because as soon as that game's over, I was like, boom, I'm changing over to Padre Dodgers. You know what I mean? It's been yeah. really, really nice to look down at your, your clock and be like, man, it's only nine o'clock, nine 30 with these Astros games finishing at six o'clock. So I'm a hundred percent with you. I think we need to quit getting away from, you know, what, how fast people can make it to the game, who's going to be home, you know, after dinner and stuff like that, because the NFL and the NBA does not have that mindset and they do not have a ratings uh, issue and they don't have an issue with people getting into the arena. So I think that's really something that the MLB needs to focus on, on the blueprint of what to do and how to grow this game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. Uh, And maybe not blackout local 
local games, you know, because well, I was I was gonna providers. say we we could we could go on a we could go on a whole tangent about regional networks and how they're screwing their local providers. Like I know it's every city is having that issue, but it's like when you can't even watch your own team in your own market, like that's a huge problem on its own. Yeah, Absolutely, definitely. definitely. Uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen? No, I mean I just uh, enjoyed winning a seven of eight from the uh, from the LA Dodgers recently. It looks like my boys have really turned a corner. It's uh, packed houses at Petco every day, and it's it's been an electric atmosphere here in San Diego. If you haven't had a chance to watch one of those games, you can really see like how it's like a playoff game every time. It's like a playoff every game. Every day is a playoff day, and it's it's unbelievable. And it's just special baseball right now. And I'm just I'm just hyped to get to the All Star break and just just to that postseason push because I know it's coming and uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different level of fan baseball here in San Diego right now. And it's just kind of hard to explain, but if you see it on TV, you'll understand. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers are playing the uh, giants this week. So that'll be a big series. Uh, to be honest for the Padres, it doesn't matter who wins that series. As long it's as they split, it's two yeah. games, just split, just split. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And as long as the Padres keep uh, winning, they'll slowly gain that ground and, like we said, August first, we'll have to see what this Giants team is. See if what kind of like are they going to make any moves at the trading deadline? Um, we'll see what these other. We'll we'll definitely find out within the next thirty days, who who's a contender, and who's a pretender. Because I think we'll definitely see some teams start to drop off. Um, because, but I I definitely feel like all three of those teams in the NL West will make the playoffs. Now who now who makes it where? That's why winning the division is going to be so huge. Oh yeah, because then you. Well, and I mean the, the, the ironic series. thing is, I have a feeling like if you win the division, you're just going to end up facing one of those two teams in the divisional round, anyways. Because whoever wins the NOS will probably be the one seed, so they play the wild card winner anyway. It's crazy. It's going to be intense, um, but I'm very excited to watch there. Blake, final thoughts. Nothing. I mean, we're still we're still not through the hard part of our schedule. We have Cleveland this week, and then we have a really big series next week um, with Oakland, and then we have the Yankees coming to town. So I'm really looking for the forward to the next couple of weeks of Astros baseball. And like we said, you know, just getting through the All Star break and getting closer to the trade deadline is going to be really cool to see what the what the final stretch is going to be like all around the league coming up. Yeah, I have no entertaining baseball to watch because my team is the worst team in baseball. So that's that's what happens when you, you got, have the worst. You've got other options. There's plenty of great baseball to watch. Just not yeah, Chris yeah. And I, I both in there, so you know you'll find you'll you'll yeah you'll find some more somewhere. Okay. I I just don't want them to trade Cattel Marte. Just you literally, that. they can trade anybody else. Don't trade Cattel. Just sit him because he keeps pulling his hamstring. Oh, oh I was, that's what I was going to ask you is like, cause I know he got pulled is like, what was the update on him? It's just another pulled hammy. Um, so he's, he's just out. He, he's going to have it looked at here in Phoenix uh, tomorrow. So we'll see if they're going to put him on the IL or whatnot. Um, but I think everybody else is trade bait. I think just everybody. Keep, just keep him out for a month, man. You'll be fine. Just keep him out for a month. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, there's no reason to rush him back. Like if you want to send him for the rest of the year, I don't care. Because you guys are 30 games under 500. Um, so you're playing for that number one uh, draft pick. So you, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and play for that number one draft pick. I'm fine with hey, that. The, the Orioles are hot on your tail right now. It looks like they're only like a game and a half back or two and a half back. So 
for the worst record in baseball. Yeah, yeah, but they've been bad for years, though. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't think the Diamondbacks have ever been this bad. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people thought that they'd be third or fourth in the uh, division. Uh, but when you win two games in a month, that's kind of what happens. You just drop off so everyone uh thanks for tuning in whether it was on the live broadcast on the replay we appreciate it we will see you next time